Well, there's an old saying in recovery that we're either working on our recovery or we're working on a relapse. Uh, just even saying that out loud can bring a little bit of, uh, I don't know, it kind of hits my gut. Maybe it hits your gut a little bit. But what does that mean to work on a recovery so that we're not working on a relapse? Today, we're going to talk about relapse. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official. This is a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom, all centered around the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, the Celebrate Recovery principles where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, our hangups, and our habits so that we can walk in the newness of life uh, to remove those things that might make him sad so that we can live out our purpose that he has designed. The reason he died on the cross. For you and I. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the global field director with Celebrate Recovery. And hey, welcome. Uh, the first time we're doing this, uh, we're actually uh, streaming this on uh, YouTube as well. And um, and also uh, it'll be on our Facebook. So, uh, th- so glad to have you join us uh, here today. Uh, <clears throat> thanks, thanks, by the way, for sharing uh, this podcast. I know um, being on the road, hearing a lot of you talking about uh, what you're getting out of this, and I, I love that you're creatively uh, sharing this with uh, sponsees and, and having some great conversations with accountability partners. And and uh, so thanks for doing that, helping us get the word out more about Celebrate Recovery. But uh, today's topic is, uh, especially with the season that we're in, I think is appropriate to, to unpack. Uh, it's around relapse. And I mentioned in the intro, uh, I'm either working on a on my, on my recovery or I'm working on my uh, relapse. And there's a scripture that I think really uh, maybe magnifies this in my heart. It's 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10.22. And I want you to see the bookend uh, description of this, okay? Let him who thinks he stands, that's one bookend, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And, and it's interesting just thinking about those two different parallels. We're trying to uh, grow. We're trying to stay on the road to recovery. But we're also uh, trying to um, yeah, stay away from that pit that, that may have brought us into this uh, place of recovery uh, that life can throw at us. And isn't it true that we, we have a thief who, who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy? He is trying to... Uh, uh, trying to get us off course, trying to get us away from the road to recovery. And his whole mission statement, never forget this, no longer how if you're on the road to recovery a week or uh, 20 years, uh, his job description is to get us off the road, to get us away from experiencing the life. And in fact, he kind of gives us this um, this picture of... Um, satisfying our cravings, right? When we, when we have these cravings, he says, I'll give you something better. And what a lie that is from the enemy. The whole core of our, um, by the way, if you're in the middle of a relapse or you're, um, uh, trying to stay on the road to recovery, this, this 
What I'm talking about here today is the exact same. It doesn't matter uh, where you are in your journey. The, the strategy is the same. My recovery plan does not change with a relapse. But uh, we say this often in my local ministry, that pain is inevitable. We're going to experience pain. Uh, rock bottom is a choice. You know, we hear often that, well, they just have to hit rock bottom. But that's a choice. I don't have to wait. Relapse is an option. It totally is an option. Hopefully, we're giving you some better options in our time here today. Misery is an option, but none of these are a requirement. The the the, the relapse is not uh, a requirement. And so, uh, centered around principle seven, the strategy, and we're trying to stay connected uh, with Jesus so that we don't go into our old strategies. Now, principle seven, to reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, prayer, in order to know God and his will for my life, to gain the power. That's the why behind this. Why are we doing this? Because we want to gain the power. We're going along this road, and and it's easy to, to kind of be trucking along, and then we can easily kind of whisper, the the enemy can whisper this other, other strategy. We become addicted. Anybody ever been addicted to striving? Oh, man, I've been addicted to striving. We're trying to stay away from being uh, that striving under our own power, but stay connected to him to reserve that time with him, not just so we can look good, smell good, act good as Christians, but because every sense of source of power, as that principle seven says, we want to gain the power to follow his will. And so uh, I love this this picture as we're thinking about, some of us woke up today in a, in a fairly healthy space. I hope um, most of us are going to at least wake up uh, somewhat healthy, and it may be a few minutes, it may be a few hours, maybe even through the whole day, we feel like we're in a good head space. But here's what's happened. If you think about the top of the circle is kind of the healthy space, and then as we're following it down, we have the lies, the enemy, remember, his mission statement is to seek to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to get us off course, so he feeds us with these lies. And these lies, uh, I'm not enough. Uh, you're, you're such a bad dad. You're such, if you were a better leader, these things wouldn't happen in your ministry. Whatever that is, uh, you would have a better paying job, or you would look better and, and, and be able to have better things, whatever the lie is that he's throwing at us. And so with the lies, as we're continuing that circle, bam, temptation. Now, here's where, here's where it gets tricky, and I think with the enemy, the, the mission statement of uh, killing, stealing, destroying... He will convince us that because you have been tempted, you have already failed. Oof, what a lie. What a lie that is. Um, and it is a lie. We have to claim that as a lie. Now, here's what, here's what kind of gets tricky for us, at least in my experience. We start to believe that I've been tempted, I've, and we don't want to use the tools. We don't want to run back to the Father. We certainly don't want to tell other people that we're struggling, and so, well, Maybe it's it's good that I just I might as well act out. I've already failed, and the reality is that is a fat lie. If we can reach out and say, "Hey, I'm struggling," that's using the tools that God has given us in this space. Uh, I'm I'm struggling, and I need I need some help. And if we can do that, we can take the temptation 
combat the lies, get back to a healthy space. Now, it's just a series of of that battle, because if we don't do that, if we don't go back to God and others, the relationships, the opposite of addiction is connection. I firmly believe that it's reconnecting with God first and foremost and reconnecting with the body of Christ that's with me. So if I don't do that, I'm going to find myself in a in a negative space. And now if I don't use the tools and go back to healthy space, I continue around the circle. And now we're acting out. And the acting out is where we just have this whole mess of stuff happening. Uh, we start to continue that cycle. We withdraw from friends and family. I don't want anybody to see that I'm doing this. I, I certainly uh, don't want anybody to know that I've fallen. And so we kind of fall back into our cave and we hide. And then you start to see a little bit of that old sin nature come back out, accused. We start finger pointing. Well, if you had not been such a, a nasty boss to me, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm. I, maybe I wouldn't be acting out. We accuse, excuse, and then we fall our, find ourselves in this place of shame and guilt and ultimately hopelessness. And what we're trying to do in this space, guys, is try to eliminate, uh, to make this, uh, this is not my only option in this space. I don't have to go to this place. I, I can, I can, I don't have to follow the cycle this way. I can go right back to that healthy space. And so reserving a daily time with him, uh, doing uh, the heart check. I've got to go back to the Father. I got to spend time with him. And if you're not practicing principle seven, by the way, principle seven is a unique one because we can start that any time in our recovery. Do you know that one of the most powerful and effective things you can do in your recovery is spend time with your dad, your heavenly dad, and just spend time with him. Let his word just saturate your mind, saturate your heart so that you can begin to fill it with new things. It's not just about getting away from that ugly stuff, but it's about moving toward the better stuff and filling it. When I'm meeting Meeting with people in addictions, especially, but it's really for all of us. Um, that's one thing that I'm centering it around: is what are you stimulating your mind with, right? And reserving a time with God is filling our mind with something new. It's saying um, I, I've got to put some new truths in my mind. But part of this um, is just acknowledging again that temptation. Jesus was tempted. I was talking to Mac and Johnny about this the other day. Matthew four. 1 through 11. Go read it. I don't have time to go through all of that. But Jesus is in the desert. He's being tempted. He's weary. He's hungry, of course. He's fully God, fully man. And the enemy, his mission statement is to try to deceive and steal and kill and destroy, get us off the path and the target of living that, that life everlasting. Um, he comes and he approaches, approaches Jesus. Now, he, he gives him three swipes of some lies, of deception. He knows he's hungry, so he says, well, wh- why don't you just turn these stones into bread? Um, why don't you jump off this cliff and save yourself? That sounds very familiar to us in principle one when we're trying to play God. The enemy is trying to convince Jesus that he should just save himself. Get out of God's plan, right? Your heavenly father's plan and just take care of this yourself. You're, you're, you said you're Jesus, save yourself. 
But Jesus knew that wasn't God's plan. He had to fulfill the mission that God had called him to. So he's trying to get him to save himself. Throw yourself off this cliff. Save yourself. And the last one really hit me hard recently. He, he tells him, you know, you see all this stuff in front of you. All of this can be yours if you just worship me. Boy, is that not the heart of temptation? The enemy says, I know you're following God and he's doing some amazing things in your life, presumably. This is the enemy talking, right? But what I can give you is better. And that is at the very core. And it's never hit me this way as it did this time when I was going through this text. I think that's the definition of lust, right? That's Lust is there's something in front of me that... I want to consume and devour. That is at the heart of lust. And that's what the enemy is trying to convince Jesus of. Hey, you see all this? Worship me and this can all be yours. And I love how Jesus, he gives us a great model for principle seven. He goes back to the word of God every time. Man can't live on bread alone, right? Combats that first lie. It's wrong to test Jesus. I'm not going to jump off this. I'm not going to test test the Father. Um, it it is uh, wrong to worship anything or anyone apart from God. He modeled that for us, and so it, it brings me a little bit of uh, comfort to know that God God gives us a model here to help us uh, combat the enemy's lives. And so let me say this real quick mental health struggles, because I've heard this in some some circles, sometimes it is um, mental health, anxiety, depression, these things bring us into recovery. And it's, it's a symptom that we want to address. And so we've been working on uh, better ways to, to struggle well with our anxiety and our depression. And, and then today we experienced anxiety. Let me just say this and hear this loud and clear. If you have mental health struggles and you experienced anxiety today, it does not mean you relapsed. If you felt depressed today, it doesn't mean you relapsed if depression is is one of your mental health struggles. It's what we do with the mental health struggle. That's the key. It's not the mental health that's the relapse. It's what's my strategy to find uh, comfort. And so I just want you to hear that loud and clear. Um, you know, if you're coming in, I'm going to get another blue chip because I was anxious today. It's impossible to not go through life and not have some of these symptoms, but especially if you have some um, some struggles, uh, some mental health struggles, a chemical uh, struggle there. Uh, how cruel would that be to just keep beating yourself up because you're experiencing those kind of hurts? So um, let me give you a quick uh, message here. If you're looking for an online meeting, uh, we've got uh, some uh, online open share groups every single Wednesday at noon Pacific. All you got to do is go to CelebrateRecovery.com and there's a Zoom link out there. Uh, you can click on that. Join us at noon Pacific and people from all of the world will join you in this mission. Uh, it's about an uh, hour hour, hour and a half meeting, and we just connect. We, we have a little Devo, and then we break up into gender-specific groups, and that gives you a space to hear and listen from other people and also share your heart. Hey, join us every Wednesday at noon Pacific for our online open share group, group with the uh, global team. We we'll hope you'll join us this Wednesday.
So I was talking about the, the mental health and how important it is that we uh, don't shame ourselves for mental health struggles. With that, uh, evaluating our heart is such an important thing. Now, if, if I'm thinking about the, the stages of relapse, I think there's three important things to hear in that. One is um, when we're in, a, in the process of the relapse. Remember, the event of the relapse is just the finality of the relapse. There's stages that have happened. It's so good to be aware of when did I start down this course, the slippery slope of a relapse. So the first stage of that is we find ourselves bottling our emotions. There's life sealing choices as we, we fall into this place of getting comfortable. We get complacent. We start to ignore the emotions. Uh, we begin to isolate. We stop doing the things that we know we should do. See how deceiving he is. Just, ah, oh, you're doing great. You don't need to, to practice this. You don't need to spend time with the Father. You don't need to tell him what's happening in your heart. You don't need to do that heart check, right? So we isolate and we stop attending meetings. We start focusing on other people's issues more than our own. Ooh. I've, I've been there. So we have the emotional stage, then we have the mental stage, and that's where uh, we find our place in this place of confusion. When we, The further we get away from the Father, the louder the lies begin to surface in our heart, and the more we find ourselves in this place of confusion. And now we're kind of in this place of ruminating, uh, kind of this... Uh, uh, fantasizing about fondly remembering our using days. Now, hear me loud on this. We're not just talking about drugs and alcohol. We're not just talking about uh, pornography. We're talking about our old strategies of control and codependency and and uh, perfectionism and people pleasing. We, we're we're addicted to the pat on the back, right? People all everyone always loving me. Doesn't matter what your area of recovery is. We can find ourselves. Think of relapse as lapsing back into my old action tendencies. Um, not everything can be marked by um, uh, sobriety in, in very clear and cut ways, but what are your action tendencies that when you're in an unhealthy spot, you begin to lapse back into? So in this mental stage, we, we begin to plan our use, and, and that's that rumination, that ritualization, the chemicals in my brain are already working. Now the cravings are there. I begin to minimize the consequences. You know, I know I hurt my wife and I didn't like that, but she recovered pretty quickly. I don't know if it was that bad. See how we kind of minimize the consequences. And and ultimately in that, that confusion, it leads to compromises, slowly getting closer and closer to the fire. You see the mental stage of this relapse and now we're in compromise and we're moving into the physical stage of the relapse. And that's the acting out uh, itself. So, so in this, we're trying to create new understandings to be aware of our tendencies, those action tendencies that will cause us to lapse back into the old way of thinking. I love 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Test everything. And this speaks to being connected, reserving that time with him so we can hear him. Test everything that is said to be sure that it is true. And if it is, then accept it. If it's not, throw it out. That's not in that verse. But if it's not true, throw it out. If it's true, accept it. That's, that's why going to someone in the lies and the temptation is so important because I can say, hey, this is what I'm believing. This is what I'm thinking. I kind of think it's a lie, but I just need to hear someone else tell me that. God, what do you say about this? Is it true? 
And so it, it's really getting uh, alone with the Father and having that reserved time with Him, building a proactive plan. And if we're in the middle of a relapse, getting back to a connection time with Him and others uh, in our life. What I love about Psalm 4610, uh, be still and know that I am God. I love that be still because in the in the Hebrew, it literally kind of connects with this meaning of drop it, let it go. Whatever it is you're trying to manage and fix on your own or worshiping or whatever that is or lusting to try to devour, let it go. Come sit with me. Drop that and sit with me and know that I'm God. And if 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 we can know that he is God, it will change how we see ourselves. And that means we got to spend some time with him to plug into that time with him. Now, I use this this analogy in my local celebrate recovery and I've used it a couple times. But I want you to imagine this if you were if I walked into your house, or you walked into my house, either way, and and I got a cup, I just grabbed a cup, and I, I walked over to the toilet. Most of us sitting here right now would say, there is no way that I would take this cup and scoop it into the toilet to get a drink of water. That's the most absurd thing. And as we sit here, that makes sense. Why would I do that? that? That's the most ridiculous thing. But here's the thing about relapse. The more we get comfortable, the more we get complacent, the more we get confused because we've run away from the Father, the more we start to make compromises and we get closer and closer and we start looking in that toilet and we go, you know, I don't think it's that bad, is it? It kind of is nasty, but maybe I maybe I could get around the nastiness of it. Maybe I can manage it. And, and I see this with, with substance abuse. Maybe I could just do one. I'll just have one. And then it turns into 12. It, by the way, that's my story. If I were to have one, it would turn into 40 in a heartbeat. The only reason I know that is I do that with every single thing. <laughs> I do that with Diet Cokes if I drink Diet Coke. If I was on a kick of uh, tuna. I would eat tuna. I, my, raisins. My wife bought a ton of raisins. She'd have to buy raisins because I was on this fix with raisins. I know that sounds absurd. And then as soon as she went and overstocked so she wouldn't have to go to the store every time, I was done with raisins. I moved on to something else. <laughs> I have an addictive personality. I have to watch myself. I can't have one drink. And that, that was my greatest realization. So I had to be mindful of the things that I were, was doing to move to the compromise. Now, here's where we get stuck. We start looking at something, even as you're sitting here right now, you're probably thinking to yourself the same thing. It's like, I would never drink out of a toilet. But think about the things that we put in our mind, in our heart, in our body that are killing us. And on this side of recovery... We can look back and go, why would I ever punish and torture my body that? Why would I pollute my mind with those images? Why would I uh, allow the anger and rage to contaminate my family and my life and, and my community? Why would I let that line of thinking of codependency or perfectionism rule my life because it was destroying me and creating disconnection, rigidity, and anxiety and anger? On this side of it, we say we would never do that. But as we start getting confused and we get comfortable and we get complacent and we start making compromises, ultimately we start looking in that toilet bowl and then we flirt with it and we dip our cup down in the toilet. 
And it's like, I know some of you are watching this going, there's no way I would drink from that. But the more we get confused and the more we get apart from God, we start stuffing the emotions and we, we, get, we get complacent and comfortable and we start making compromise and get confused in the mental stage. We start smelling it. Maybe it's not that bad. And toilet water becomes a little bit more attractive. And before we know it, we're tasting the toilet water. And I know that sounds disgusting, but I want that to hit your body. I want you to take that in. That is the equivalent of what we do, the things that we contaminate our mind and our heart with. But here's the thing. It's an option. We can go this route and drink out of the toilet. And before we'll start saying, you know, it's not that bad. And before we know it, we're headfirst in the toilet and it's disgusting. And we wonder how we got here. There's a process of getting here. The good news is there's another option. The strategy, we can go back to, I, I carry this big old jug. I, I drink from this thing. I try to drink one of these every day. It's fresh, clean water. Do you know that the Father wants you to come to Him so that you can begin to experience Him? I, I love this in Philippians 4, 7. If you do this, it's talking about presenting your request to Him. Uh, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thought and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. We begin to present our request to him, the lies to combat those lies with Jesus' truth, not the encouragement of other believers. And instead of going and drinking from that old toilet bowl, which I know it's disgusting, guys, but that's the whole point. I want you to just feel that it feels hideous and ridiculous that we would ever drink from the toilet bowl. We got to be drinking from the well that we can drink ah, fresh living water that only Jesus can provide for us. And when we can do that, we can do is First Thessalonians five sixteen says, "Be joyful always. Pray at all times. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is what God wants from you in your life in union with Christ Jesus. He puts His Holy Spirit in us. Going back to the the, the whole point and the whole practice of what we're talking about here is in that principle seven. Right? We're trying to walk in this new way of living so that we can reserve a daily time for self-examination. Examining my heart. How am I feeling today? When I can, in my journal, a lot of times what I do is I write, today I'm feeling, and then I sit with it for a little bit. Is there any wrong thinking happening? Bible reading, right? Self-examination, Bible reading. God, what does your word say? I want it to saturate my mind and heart. So I have no desire to go back to the toilet water, whatever that means for you. What is the toilet bowl water, cup of water for you? Is it perfectionism? Is it anger? Is it control? Um, and then prayer in order to know God. Remember, we're doing this in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. So guys, the enemy, remember, he is trying to take us out. He's trying to take us on a path that um, will destroy us, that will kill us. That's his mission statement. 
but but Jesus has a better plan. And yes, those are an option. We can go drink from the toilet bowl. Not a good plan. Whatever that means to you, if it's substances or pornography or codependency, perfectionism, control, anger, whatever that is, a defensiveness and, and uh, easily offended or whatever that is, insecurities, whatever that means to you, that is an option. We can co- keep drinking from that well, but it's nasty and you'll get comfortable with it. It'll feel like the right thing to do because that's what the enemy's job mission statement is. But God has a better plan. He's got living water that he wants to feed you to help you drink so that you can begin to walk in that newness of life. I hope that 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 makes sense for you. I hope that brings some encouragement for you. You know, we we don't have to face this alone. We have Jesus. We've got the body of Christ. If you're trying to face this alone, I pray that you won't do that on your own anymore, that you'll seek out a meeting near you, that you will uh, begin to replace those old, uh, face the hurt, to, to face those lies about how you see yourself, God, and others with new truths in Christ so that you can practice new healthy practices to replace the old, to not just get away from that old, but to move towards something new so that we can walk in new healthy relationships. Hey, I hope this has blessed your heart. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.